Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. We've got a great guest today, Robbie Keane. You can sign up now for a free or paid subscription to my new newsletter at grantwall.com. It has all my writing, including magazine-style features and on-location stories for every U.S. Men's World Cup qualifier. I'm really proud of it and can't tell you how much I appreciate your support with that. So check it out. Now, here's my interview with Robbie Keane. Our guest now may be MLS's most successful foreign signing on the field in league history, and he's had a standout career outside MLS as well. Robbie Keane won three MLS Cup titles with the LA Galaxy and was the MLS Most Valuable Player in 2014. He had a 20-year senior club career with Tottenham, Liverpool, Inter, Wolves, Leeds United, and others. And he's the all-time leading scorer for Ireland with 68 international goals and 146 appearances. Robbie, it's great to see you again. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, pleasure, Grant. Great to see you after after all these years. It's good to finally sit down with you and have have a conversation. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I mean, first off, how are you? How's your family? And where are you speaking to me from today? Uh, yeah, everyone's good. Thanks. The kids are good. Getting big for 12 and 5. We're in, uh, we're in Dublin after we left uh, LA. Uh, we moved back here. So after traveling around for, for many years playing, uh, we finally settled, settled down back in, uh, back in our hometown of Dublin. It's funny. This morning, I sent a message to your old Galaxy coach, Bruce Arena, who's doing well in Boston these days. And yeah. I asked him if he had a message to pass on to you that would get a good response from you. And it was funny. He didn't say anything about soccer, but he said, I should ask if you're proud of your fellow Irishman, Harrington, heading up the Ryder Cup team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've just been watching it. Yes, it's... uh... Well, uh, I'm delighted for Podrick. I know him. He's, you know, he's been a great, great, obviously, golf player. But uh, hopefully, he'll be a successful uh, captain for, for for Europe. I know that that's not music to your ears, but it's definitely <laughs> music to my ears. So hopefully, hopefully, we can get it done. So it's uh, it's going to be three days now of, of sitting on the couch watching watching the Ryder Cup, which is always good. I should tell all the listeners we're recording this on Friday. It's going to be coming out on Monday uh, after the writer yeah. comes over. But I always tell Bruce, we had him on the show recently. I think he would make a good radio show, sports radio show host in Boston sometime with questions like that. He's great, Bruce. Yeah, we had him on the show recently. We also had Jovan Karofsky from the Galaxy. I'm co-hosting a podcast with Landon Donovan. Who? 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 Yo, who's Jovan? <laughs> and, I mean... You won three MLS Cup titles in four years with the Galaxy from 2011 to 2014 on a team with David Beckham, Donovan, Juninho, and others. I still think that you were the final key piece to take those teams over the top. When you think back to those teams today, what stands out the most to you? Uh, The quality that we had, uh, certainly. Uh, I think we were very strong uh, all all over the park and you know, before I got there, you know, David was was d- definitely desperate to get someone in to kind of uh, help them push on, and I'd like to think I, I I certainly did that. And as you said, to win to win three MLS cups in in a, was I there five years? I think it was there. Uh, you know, it was a great achievement. But you know, we had a great team. We had, as I said, we had real quality. When Landon was, you know, obviously different class, can score goals, can assist. Works very hard for the team and David with, with his quality, but not just not just 
us, you know, as you, as you mentioned, there, people like Janino and, and, and Savas in the middle of the park, um, always difficult to play against. Uh, and defensively, we, we were sound with, with people like Omar and, and, uh, and AJ. So uh, all over the park, I felt like we were strong. The spine of the team was, was very, very good. And I think that's ultimately why we, you know, we became successful. And then, as you said, when you've got people in in your team that can that can score goals and assist uh, you know uh, we knew as players like myself Landon for example we knew that we are quite solid defensively and we can hold out we'll, uh, at some stage you know one of us would, 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 uh, would score you know David Beckham's first two years in Los Angeles didn't go very well and then things totally changed and the Galaxy ended up winning trophies especially when you came did David Beckham have a role in you coming to the galaxy in the first place? Yeah, yes. We, David came, if you remember, uh, off seasons, he used to come to, you know, back home to England, uh, back to his home. And then he came to training with Tottenham for, for a few months. Um, and then we were just having a conversation and just asked me, would I be interested at some stage going to to the to the MLS? I said, yeah, I would. I would it's, it's certainly something that I would, I would look to in the future. But uh, he went back and then before you know it, a few months later, I was uh, on the phone to David, uh, on the phone to Tim Lewicki and then it happened very, very quick in, in the space of, I think, just a couple, couple of days. So it, uh, it happened very quick in terms of that, but certainly David was, was the guy behind here. Did you think you would end up spending so many years in the United States and, and do you miss being in the United States at all? Uh, yeah, as soon as I first got there, I have to say, because I, I've never been to, I've been to America, but I've never been to LA, so I didn't really know what to, to expect apart from the stuff you see on, on, on TV and, and some of the, some of the, the, the falseness of, 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 of LA. But I have to say, as a family, you know, we, we fell in love with the place straight away. My, my wife loved it and it also it always helps no matter where you are, if you're a football player, you, 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 ultimately you want to win. So when you're winning and you're, you're living in a, in, in a good city, you know, you know, it goes hand in hand. So for, for us, it was, um, it was a great place, great place to live. And, and I said, we, re, we really enjoyed it. Um, I knew it, as soon as in the first few months I was there that I could be here for, for a long time. And, and that happened to be the case. And, and of course, yeah, eventually I would, I would love, love to go back. It's, it's something, you know, that we spoke about as a as a family, and of course, it depends where you know my coaching role will take me, and you know if that if that leads me to the to the MLS, well, that would be uh, that would be great because I think it's certainly a, a, a league that's that's really grown, continued to grow, and you know we had we had a small you know part to play in that at the very start, myself, David, and a few other players that came over, so it's in a good strong position, and it's certainly something that I would love to in, in the future, yeah. Yeah. Let's get into your coaching a little bit. So you know, what have you been doing coaching-wise since you stopped your playing career and, and where are you hoping to go with it? Yeah, well, the coaching, I got, you know, I've kind of uh, went ahead of the game, if you like, in terms of I went with the national team with Mick McCarthy for, for, a, for a period of time, um, a couple of years. And then I was uh, also, I was with Middlesbrough in the UK, so I was doing kind of both jobs together. So... Uh, getting different experience from the national national team side of things, and to the you know to the day to day stuff, which most most of our players, well, all of them play you know in the UK a lot played played in the championship, so it was quite easy for me to to be the coach uh, assistant manager of Middlesbrough and also watching our players for the national team. So uh, yeah, I, I basically in the space of a couple of years, I've did it what people probably would do in five to six years. 
So I'm kind of ahead of the game in terms of that. So because obviously the pandemic and, and, and COVID, unfortunately, we couldn't, we couldn't travel for, for 18 months. We couldn't get around and couldn't you know, speak to clubs in terms of uh, becoming the head coach myself, which is uh, obviously something I, I want to do. I've done the assistant manager role now, but I'm ready to, to step in to, uh, and, and to be a manager. You know, I've got certainly experience in, in, terms of, in terms of playing the game for such a, such a long time, but also a few years' experience of being assistant manager, uh, you know, learning the ropes to eventually, as I said, uh, sooner rather than later to, to, to be the head coach, and that's something that I'm, I'm excited about. Uh, I've got my own philosophies and I have my own team and that, that I would have with me. And uh, so it's exciting. I'm looking forward to looking forward to the future. I'm looking forward to, for for a good opportunity. I've turned jobs down because uh, they they weren't they didn't feel right to me and it has to feel right. Uh, it's like as a player, if you go as a player, the team has to feel right. And uh, just unfortunately, some of the teams that I've got offered just just didn't feel right with me at that time. But uh, so I look forward to to. to to get a good opportunity and, and, and I'm excited about it. I know how you played as a player. Has that influenced sort of your coaching philosophies like you mentioned? You know, how would you describe the way you want your teams to play as a coach? Uh, very aggressive in, in terms of with the ball. Uh, obviously playing out from the back. I always played in teams that we, we were very, very good and always a good footballing team. Played for Tottenham for, for eight years, as you know. that it's a, Tottenham is a, is a footballing team. Uh, they have a certain way. Uh, you know, play off in the back, play through the lines quickly. That's something that I'm, I'm big on. And, you know, getting in people's faces where it stop people from playing. You know, fast tempo, fast tempo f- football. Um, and ultimately to, to try and get from one end of the pitch to the, to the other end fairly quickly to, to score goals with a, with a good intensity and, you know, with good football intelligent people, um, you know, play, playing on, on, on my team. So, uh, now, that's my philosophy would, would be definitely I'd take bits from, from the players I've played with the, the managers I've played, played under uh, but ultimately you, you, you have your own style and it depends obviously the personnel and the players that you bring into that football club but definitely play quickly through the lines and, and play some good attractive uh, football for people to see You know I've always thought it's interesting that other sports than soccer like in the NBA, coaches don't need to get coaching badges or the NFL or Major mm. League Baseball. But in soccer, it's part of the culture. Like, is, Did you go about getting your coaching badges? And, and, and what was that process like if you did? Long. <laughs> it was very long, yeah. I've got a, you know, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, my, uh, every license, the pro license, which is obviously the hardest one to uh, to get. I think there's only ten thousand people in the world that has that has this. So yeah, I've been doing I've been doing the coaching uh, coaching badges when I was still playing with with, with LA. So in the off season, I'd come back home when there was uh, you know thirty one started my my B and uh, A license, and as you know, that takes that takes a few years, and then we just managed to to finish the pro license uh, only only last year. You know, so that's 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 a great great achievement, and I'm proud of that. And as I said, it's uh, you know you have you have all these licenses, but you know I've played the game for a long time. I understand the game, and I understand people. And you know, football, being a manager, a coach is also about managing people and how you how you can manage people because anybody can put a a, a training session on. But a lot of it is, you know, you know you have to be. You have to be clever in, in, in how you to treat the people, and, and sometimes you you might have to. Uh, some player might need an arm around, or some player might need a you know kick up the backside. So you have to be able to judge that as a 
as a coach, and I think I think that's one of my one of my main strengths. And obviously, being a being a captain for for a long time in, in England and and also in LA, I think that will stand me in good stead. I'm going to say it right now. If anyone listening is an MLS team or owns a team in MLS, because I know a few of you listen, mm. I know there's some coaching vacancies right now. So you know, your <laughs> man is here, by the way, <laughs> and he's ready. But in, in terms of you mentioned the pandemic, and it's been difficult for everyone around the world. Mm. Have you have you been able to spend more time with your family than usual during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that I think my wife is probably sick of me now, so I think she probably <laughs> wants me out of house now. To be honest, to be honest with you, it's uh, that's the first this is the first time in in twenty years uh, that we. Uh, We've been under each other's feet with the kids, but you know what? It's it, it, all joke aside. It's been it's been obviously great, but she knows what my passion is, and she knows what what I want to do. And you know, you know, as you know, in this in this game, whether you're a player or or, or a manager, that you know, sometimes you have to you've taken away from a, you know area of comfort zone, and, and you know, of course, eventually I'm going to have to. Uh, you know, leave Dublin, but the, you know, the last eighteen months has been great. Uh, certainly, with the kids spending a lot, a lot of time with them. But I think they're sick of me as well, so I think they're ready to get rid of me. <laughs> I will say this. You and your wife, Claudine, have done some tremendous charity work raising money in Ireland for hospitals during this time and other mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Why was it so important for you to do that work? Because we were struggling. The, you know, I just felt like every little help that the, the hospital could get because you know, we, we had a you know, personal... Uh, where Claudine's father was one of the first in Ireland to get COVID, so... And he was in ICU for 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 three weeks, wow. so um, you know that was that was a difficult time, and you know it was certainly 50, 50, 50 whether he was gonna gonna make it. Thankfully, with the great work from the from the hospitals that uh, from the doctors and and, and the nurses and, and the frontline workers that he, he he got through, and he's and he's doing completely fine. So, you know, I just I came up with an idea to you know auction one of my my last jerseys that I played, um, and one of my watches, uh, one of my green. Ubo uh, watches, which is uh, obviously means a lot to me, but I thought, you know, other people needs a way more than I do. So we're lucky enough. We raised, you know, I think, I think overall, not not just on my page. I think we eighty grand maybe on my page, and then between everything else, I think it was three hundred, three hundred and something thousand. So, wow. uh, and so it was, it, it was great. And you know, I loved, I loved that kind of work, and I've been doing, doing that for. You know, a long time with the with the Crumlin Children's Hospital. Also, where we had a golf day in a, in in America, we I think we raised three hundred and fifty thousand for for the kids' hospital. So I enjoy doing it. It's it's great. It's always good to, you know, you know, very lucky that we're I'm in a position where, you know, I have a bit of a voice. And you know, if you have a voice, try try and use it to the to the best that you can. And if you can, you know, every little helps certainly for for the hospitals and especially going through this pandemic, which has been as you said difficult for everybody, hasn't been easy. So. Every little help that we can all do, you know, goes a long way. Well, huge appreciation to you and your family for doing that. And uh, I'm sure everyone over in Ireland feels the same way. Um, Thank you. I I, I do want to step back just a little bit and, and, and look at the start of your career, because you made a very wise decision early on to go to Wolves in the second tier mm. instead of to Liverpool where you could have gone because you thought you'd get more playing time. And, and not everyone that age would have done that, including today. Who advised you on that decision? And, and do you think there's a lesson that all young players can take from that? Yeah, one thing, you know, especially nowadays, obviously that the big teams and Man City's and all, they can just go and get anybody because they're buying players for uh, all around the world, young players and, and housing them and giving them money. But 
Listen, also you have to have to feel, feel yourself. When I went to Wolves, you know, the guy Chris Evans, the youth, youth development officer, and still one of my best friends now, uh, you know, I felt comfortable there. After everybody at the stadium and the training ground, it felt like a, a homely, a real homely uh, feeling to it. But also, in my mind, I wanted to play for the first team quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. And I knew that I'd have a more, better chance going to someone like Wolves where they give people opportunity, young, young lads an opportunity than going to for Liverpool, for example. I remember my mother said to me, don't just go, don't just sign for Liverpool because you support them. Make sure you go to the, make sure you go to the team that, that feels right for you. And, and that, was, that was one of the things. And my mother, you know, she, did, she didn't really know too much about uh, football. My dad was a singer, even though my mother, uh, brothers and, and my uncle, uh, my granddad played till like semi, like, semi-professional obviously in Ireland uh, till he was 50 so but I still didn't really know too much about that side of the war in, in England so uh, it was sound advice uh, but also in the back of my head I knew that I want to play and, and you know thankfully just turned 17 years of age and, uh, and made my debut and we scored two against Norwich away and the, my mother and father was there so uh, you know and then from then on you know, I, I was lucky enough to carry on for Wolves and, and you know, do well and, and move on yeah, it's an incredible career. I still remember seeing you in the 2002 World Cup for Ireland. You were just 21 yeah. years old. You scored some big goals for a good team. You tied Germany, went out to Spain on penalties in the round of 16. What do you remember most about that World Cup? And, and how far do you think Ireland could have gone in that tournament? Oh, we should have won that game against Spain. We were the better team. Yeah, that's, that's certainly... Uh, when I speak about the World Cup, that's one of the regrets because I think if we had a won that penalty shootout, I think the next game was, I think, Korea. I think, and I could, don't get me wrong, Korea, they did well in that World Cup, but certainly a beatable team. And I really believed if we had a got, got through Spain, I think we would have beat Korea and, and I went on to maybe the semis. And you never know what happens. Listen, were, were, were we going to be favourites to win it? Absolutely not. But even to get to that stage would have been, would have been great. But listen, the World Cup, I think... Every player wants to be involved in the in the, the big occasions, and, and there's no bigger than the than the World Cup, and then to, to go there and then not just go there, but to make a good account of ourselves. And uh, as I said, I was lucky to, you know, score really important goals, and obviously the one stands out against Germany in the in the last minute because if we lose that, we did we wouldn't have the opportunity to, to go to the to the next round. So, and then we we played Saudi Arabia, and we beat them. We had to beat them by two goals. We beat them three zero, and uh, yeah, for me personally and, and the team, it was. It was a great tournament, so uh, one that I, I look back very, very fondly of, and, and not just not just a player, but we had a, we had a good, real good team spirit, real good team spirit, good good lads. Uh, you know, we didn't take ourselves too serious. We, we we knew when we were when we went over that white line. You know, it was it was it was business. But away from that, around the hotel, you know, we used to always, you know. Uh, joke around and, and, and have fun and I think that's that's the sign of a, of a good team when you've got that kind of team spirit and, and we had that in abundance. I, I do have a quick question for you because I've spent time around fans of the Irish team over the years. I remember I was at Euro 2012. Why are Irish national team fans so friendly as opposed to fans of some other countries? <laughs> it, it just seems like that's the case. <laughs> Be careful what you say. <laughs> I think I'm, I know who you're thinking of. Um, <laughs> listen, listen. Irish people, they know how to, you know, they know how to enjoy themselves. They, like, 
as I said, when, when they go to these tournaments, you know, they're, they're the voice. You know, they're all all in the green jerseys, and it's a good it's a good look. And you know, they want to have fun, uh, and they want to see that the, the, the team do well, and they're very very supportive. Not just you know, you know, I was a fan myself. I kid going to all these games, going to the old Lansdowne Road, and and the atmosphere was was always incredible. Whether we were we were losing or we were, or we were winning. You know, they make they certainly they make an impact, and there's you know it, there's always every time they go away they always win supporters of the of of, of the tournament because the the voices you know even in you know the, some of the Euros we didn't we didn't do well certainly in 2000 was it 12 um, we didn't do well we we had a, the, probably the toughest group that we probably would ever have uh, but they were still still there still cheering us on uh, still willing us to uh, to do well and you know that's that's in in their nature. I'm wondering what you think. Can can the Irish national team, the Republic of Ireland, can can you get back to where things were in 2002? Well, listen, it depends on uh, what's coming through coming through the system. There's, I think there's a few young, young players we know are certainly in a transitional period at the um, at the moment. Uh, you know, we don't have we don't have too many players or a lot of players playing the Premier League. A lot of our players, you know. A championship in the championship. So when I was playing, you know, a lot of us were, were playing the Premier League. So, but listen, you know, you know, it's like in football. Sometimes there's a, there's a circle, and hopefully in the next few years that you know we'll start producing younger younger players that's playing at a at a high level and and competing these in these competitions. Because let's face it, everybody wants the the Ireland team at these tournaments. Back to your club career, you moved to Italy and joined Inter in in 2000 at just 20 years old. It was a team with Ronaldo, OG Ronaldo, Zanetti, Sedor, yeah. Vieri, Recoba, Laurent Blanc, managed by Marcello Lippi. What was it like being inside that locker room, being on that team? Yeah, it was good. Listen, for me, it was, a, it was an unbelievable experience, you know, so 20 years of age and, and then going to one of the biggest teams in the world, the biggest clubs in the world, and playing with these, uh, you know, big, big characters and big names, but, you know, that's something I love to be involved in. You know, you want to be around you know these quality players because they, they make you better. Listen, maybe I was probably a little bit too young when I, I wish I went, went maybe a few years later when I was a bit more experienced and you know I was only in the playing at the really high level. You know, only for one year really because I went to after Wolves for a few years. I went to Coventry and I was only there for a year and then went to Inter. So uh, it's certainly a league I think I would have I would have thrived on maybe a little bit later on. Uh, or a bit more experience in my career, but nevertheless, the experience itself was was incredible. And uh, as you said, to play with these players, but listen, not even that, but they're good people as well, which is which, which is the most important thing. And as you said, people like Ronaldo and and Vieri, who's my friend, and Clarence, still, you know, good friend. We was with him last week at the soccer aid, and uh, so still stay in touch with them. So great experience, great club, and uh, actually, I just spoke to the the president yesterday, uh, the old president, Mr. Morato. Uh, who's still in touch with so you know great memories uh, you know great club and, and, and the fans are always always fantastic to me as I said to, the, to be around them people them players you know was a, was a joy you must need to have a tremendous amount of self-belief to be in a locker room like that especially at the age you were how do, how do you think self-belief works with players and how did it work with you in your career I think you just you have to believe in in your ability, you know, and believe what what you do, you have to be confident. Especially when you're when you're around players like that, you have to be fairly confident, comfortable in your in your in your own skin. And I was always fairly comfortable, you know. I was 
always comfortable on the training pitch in, in the in the dressing room. You know, I treat everybody the same, whether whether you're the best best player or the uh, or you're the young kid coming through. You know, everybody is, is treated with the same same respect. So, uh, for me, it was just, especially as being a goal scorer. You know, there's a certain elements of being a goal scorer. You have to have this belief because sometimes you might miss a chance, but you you know there's another one coming again. So you have to always have that confidence in in yourself, and that's off the off the pitch as well. It's not, and it's not arrogance. It's it's certainly not arrogance, but you have to have that bit about you when you when you when you're playing, especially with these big teams and this big dressing rooms, because you know you don't want to show you don't want to show any kind of weakness. And also, you're there for a reason. Remember that if you're a good player, you're there for you're there for a reason. So. Always believe in that. Never feel uncomfortable. I always like to be, you know, put yourself in in uncomfortable situations to get comfortable. So, uh, and you only do that, mm. you know, by 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 being around, you know, top top players and and, and learning off them. You had some really productive years at Tottenham. Are those the club years you're most proud of? Listen, I'm proud of all of it because <clears throat> everywhere has took me to a, a different journey, you know. But certainly Tottenham, you know, if if you had to ask. Anybody who's Robbie Keane's club, like they would probably they would say Tottenham because I was there for, you know, for eight years and you know, great memories there, un- unbelievable club and uh, the fans have always been been brilliant to me and you know as you know, I mentioned earlier on, like Tottenham like to play a certain way and the teams I played in played it, you know, in a good attractive uh, way where they get the, the 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 crowd off their seats and that's something that as I mentioned before I I would want to do, but a great club, a great history and. The new, the new stadium now, the new training ground is is incredible, and but I had I had really really fond memories, and still have a great relationship with everybody there. You did a great interview last year with my friend Kevin Egan, and you mentioned that Harry Kane had actually cleaned your boots way back in the day. What do you remember about y- young Harry Kane? Uh, no, he was a he was a lovely kid, very 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 polite. What I did like about Harry was that after training myself, Berbatov, Jermaine Defoe would do do shooting sessions for about 10, 15 minutes and I, I continued to do that, you know, when I was even 27 years of age because football's about habits, you know, the, 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 the more you do it, the easier it becomes, the more you score goals. Uh, I keep saying to my kids, you know, you brush your teeth every morning, you know, that's a habit, you know, going out to practice all the time, practice, 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 it becomes easier. Uh, so Harry used to always, I used to always see him after training, he used to always come and just sit behind or the side of the goal to get the, help get the balls in uh, and just watch, continue to watch it now. And now I know that he does it, he does the, the same thing now, but I'm proud of, I'm proud of what he's done so far. He's, uh, you know, he's, if, he's an example to, to, to younger players. If you get knocked back because he's, he went to, Four or five, maybe six, six clubs on 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 loan. Didn't really yeah. play. Was on the bench uh, a lot, and then he gets the opportunity at Tottenham, and then he takes it. He takes it with both hands, and now he's, you know, ultimately one of the uh, probably best number nines, you know, uh, in world football at the moment. So, uh, very proud of, of 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 what he's done, and you know, I'm, I I always watch out for him and, and make sure he's doing well, and he's certainly doing that. So we're going to finish up here with what I call my rapid fire quiz, and I do this with the best players we've seen in the sport for uh, the past decades. I've done it with Ronaldo and Ibrahimovic and Maldini and others. So I I did prep you a little bit just so you could think about this stuff ahead of time. 
If I were to ask you, what's your favorite goal of your career that you scored and why? What would it be? Uh, my f- well, I, I'm not, my first favorite one was in, against Blackburn when I chipped over the guy's head. Uh, I went on a run uh, in England. In, in, in MLS, because I know a lot of MLS listeners, is when I nutmegged the guy and chipped uh, Dan Kennedy against uh, the Chiefs. What's the best goal you ever scored in your career based on degree of difficulty? And why? Oh, the great difficulty. Um, oh, you got me there. No, I, I, actually, the based based on on degree of difficulty was the one I just mentioned against Blackburn because it was from a, a quick throw, and I chipped over the guy and then pretended to shoot. So if, it, if the listeners want to go back from Tottenham against Blackburn, uh, watch that goal. That was because just where where I was and where I'm positioning the pitch I was. In in the written version of this, I'll post the video from YouTube so people can see it. Um, Who's the most difficult defender you ever faced and why? Uh, difficult, uh, I probably would say uh, Fidic, Man United and Rio Ferdinand, both as a, as a partnership are always difficult to play against. Nice. Um, who's the most difficult goalkeeper to score against in your career and why? Most difficult? I'd say probably Peter, when I played against Peter Schmeichel, uh, just how, how big he was and his, and his presence uh, you know when he when he when he's running out to you like he, he looks like he's like eight foot six or something like that, but he was he was he was a top top keeper. Who was your your best teammate over the years and why? Oh, best teammate. Uh, well, best I'd say best teammate was Richie Dunn uh, for Ireland. You know we grew up together and we roomed together for 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 twelve years. Yeah, so Richie he's 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 quite he's quite calm and I'm I'm usually the hyper one. He's he's the calm one. So uh, it's. Uh, it worked out. It worked out very well. Who is the best manager you ever had, and why? Oh, it's, it's too many. To, it's too many. To, I've got a few that I, I could mention, but just because I like managers who's, who's honest. You know, Mick McCarthy with uh, Trapattoni was uh, Martin Yol was always always honest, but have a very very serious side of them. Uh, also, you could have a, have a joke. Uh, also, so yeah, I'd say them. And Bruce Arena. And Bruce Arena, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce might listen to this one, so good call. <laughs> um, who was the player you most admired in your career? Admired the most, I would say, I have to say Messi. Just, just because I just love, I just love watching him. The way he moves with the ball, uh, his skill, his intelligence, you know, how he gets out of tight spaces. Just for me, just to watch as, as a, as a, ex- a player myself, ex-player playing against him uh, was incredible. He played sixty minutes against us in Ireland he was off for three weeks I'll, I'll, I'll make this quickly in my 100 calf for the national team he just flew flew in the day before after having three weeks off of his um, of a pre-season didn't try, try in the day before that was it played 60 minutes and he could not get near him no one could get near him and he uh, the Irish fans gave him a stand ovation when he, when he walked off the pitch he was incredible wow thanks for sharing that that's awesome um Who's the best player in the world today, and why, in your opinion? Best player in the world today. <sighs> Listen, you can't go, you can't argue with, with Messi, Messi and Ronaldo. Look at Ronaldo even now, twenty six years of age, still still producing at the highest highest level, and, and also the difficulty of the Premier League now is way higher than any I think any league in the world at this at this moment at this moment of time so i would definitely say uh, them too and just to finish up here which team do you enjoy watching the most today and why i think i like i enjoy watching man city just the, just the way they move the ball and how they pick little pockets up and 
I like there's a few. I like Liverpool as well, just because the intensity of the of the of the work and how they get in people's faces. They don't let you know when they're playing out from the back of the team, they're, they're, they're right on top of them. You know, almost like they have a. It looks like they have a rule they have to try and win the ball back in about three three to five seconds. That's what it looks like from uh, from the outside, and, and everybody is intense. Uh, so I kind of like that way because I like the way Klopp has as his as his players kind of his players playing. Uh, but back back in the day, it was definitely the Barcelona team of Xavi, Iniesta, and Messi, and that that was just. I don't think we'll see a team like that ever again. Robbie Keane had a 20-year senior club career with the LA Galaxy, Tottenham, Liverpool, Inter, Wolves, Leeds United, and others. He's the all-time leading scorer for Ireland. Robbie, it's really great to see you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolute pleasure, Grant. It was lovely to speak to you again. Hopefully, I'll see you very, very soon. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Robbie Keane as well as producer Chris Whittingham. You can now sign up for a free or paid subscription to my new newsletter at grantwall.com. It has all my writing, including a big feature on Jesse Marsh and on-location stories for every U.S. Men's World Cup qualifier coming into your inbox at 9 a.m. Eastern the next morning. I can't tell you how much I appreciate your support with trying to do some quality journalism. I'll see you next time. 